praise the Lord. Well, this morning, I'm going to uh, try and finish up our very brief journey uh, through the Old Testament uh, book of Jonah. As we look and listen once again to see what God is trying to say to us right now through this book and, and of the Bible. As God seeks to refocus you and me on himself and on his purposes. And this morning, I want to look at a major reset I believe God is calling for in how his children look at and think about the lost. We've, we've been talking about um, these resets for the last several weeks. I want to talk about that one now. And the passage I want to look at this morning is a little bit longer than what we would normally do. So rather than read it together, I'm just going to read it for you. I'm going to read Jonah chapter 3, verse 1, through Jonah chapter 4, verse 3. Jonah 3, 1 through Jonah 4, 3. This is what the Bible says. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. So Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Now Nineveh was a very important city. A visit required three days. On the first day, Jonah started in the city. He proclaimed, 40 more days and Nineveh will be overturned. The Ninevites believed God. They declared a fast, and all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth. When the news reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat down in the dust. Then he issued a proclamation in Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, do not let any man or beast, herd, or flock taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Who knows? God may yet relent and with compassion turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he had compassion and did not bring upon them the destruction he had threatened. But Jonah was greatly displeased and became angry. He prayed to the Lord, O oh Lord, is this not what I said when I was still at home? That's why I was so quick to flee to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, O oh Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. Praise the Lord, this is the word of the Lord. Now, I'm sure you already know the most famous part of the book of Jonah is that whole part about where he runs away and gets swallowed by a fish. But the real point of the book of Jonah, the real point of the book of Jonah is right here where God calls you to check your heart, where God calls for a reset in how you think and feel about the lost. For what it's worth, I believe God is calling for these resets right now because I believe God is trying to prepare his church for a major move in the earth. I believe that. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I believe right now God is trying to ready his people for a major assault on the gates of hell. I believe he's trying to do that, and I believe he's trying to reset us for that so that we think and talk and live like he's always wanted us to, so that we live and we love and we lay down our lives following the example of Jesus, where we're willing to spend ourselves reaching out to a people who do not deserve it. 
as the Apostle Paul observed. You see, at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man someone might possibly dare to die. But God commends his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The religious people of Jesus' day really looked down on sinners. They they, they treated sins like dirty words, like curse words. And then they took your sin and labeled you with it and called people by the names of their sin. Prostitute, drunk, tax collector. Sadly, many people carry on that same practice today. They snarl their noses as they talk about abortionists, homosexuals, racists, rioters. By the way, that sin cuts both ways. Can't tell you how many times I've heard somebody reacting to a careless comment made by a Christian and say things like, Christians are so judgmental. The truth is there's a giant group of young Christians in the church today who go around all the time talking about how disgusted they are with Christians, how fed up they are with the church, completely blind to the obvious reality that they're being just as judgmental in saying those things as the people they are so disgusted with. But the real problem is this. When you see people fundamentally as categories of sinner. You no longer see them as people. We need a reset. You need to check your heart, and a great way to do that is to check your words. Check, how do you talk about other people? Especially other people you don't get along with. Especially other people you feel like are doing wrong. How do you talk about them? as, As far as the church goes in particular, I believe God is calling for a reset in how we think and feel and talk about the lost. And I believe the book of Jonah was written primarily to help us with that reset. Now, I've already told you a little bit about the people of Nineveh. But Nineveh was was the capital city of the Assyrian Empire. That the Assyrians were the most feared, most hated people in the ancient world. That they built what was at that time the greatest and largest empire in the history of the world. And that they built it fundamentally on the backs of brutality and cruelty and terror. And because Nineveh was located just north and east of Israel, Jonah was keenly aware. He understood all too well that they were a real and present threat to Israel and to the comfortable life Jonah had come to appreciate there. As I told you last week, Jonah lived during the reign of King Jeroboam II of Israel. His 41-year reign was among the most successful and most prosperous in the entire history of that nation. And Jonah, likely a direct beneficiary of all that prosperity, recognized the very real threat Nineveh posed to his nation and to his own comfort and affluence. In his heart, Jonah despised the Ninevites. He despised them for their rejection of the one true God. He despised them for their perverseness and bitter cruelty. And he despised them for the threat they posed to himself and his nation and his security. And I know Jonah despised the Ninevites because of what you find in the text. After that whole belly of the fish thing, the Bible says this. 
The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. And this time Jonah obeyed. He traveled throughout the city of Nineveh crying out, 40 more days and Nineveh will be overturned. 40 more days and Nineveh will be overturned. And then to everyone's amazement, the people of Nineveh repented. The king called for a nationwide fast. The people cried out to the Lord for mercy, and they committed to turn from their evil ways. And when God saw their response, the Bible says he had compassion and did not bring upon them the destruction he had threatened. From God's perspective, Jonah's mission was a rousing success. The Ninevites repented of their sins, and he was able to show them mercy. Mission accomplished. Bam. But this is where you really see the depravity of Jonah's heart, because this is where the Bible says, but Jonah was greatly displeased and became angry. And i got to tell you, looking at the Hebrew here, uh, this does not do justice to what the Bible says. Jonah was more than merely displeased. The Hebrew says to Jonah, this outcome was bad. This outcome was evil. You could literally translate the first part of this sentence as, to Jonah it was evil, greatly evil. And I want you to stop and think about that. Jonah saw the salvation of an entire massive city full of sinners as a bad thing. Why? Because he wanted to see them judged. He actually hoped to see them destroyed. Jonah saw the deliverance of Nineveh as a bad thing, and he got angry about it. Literally, in Hebrew, he burned in anger. And then from that place of anger and bitterness, from that dark, dark place, Jonah began to pray, and he complained to God about his compassion. He prayed to the Lord, O Lord, is this not what I said when I was still at home? That's why I was so quick to flee to Tarshish. I knew that you were a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, O Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. This is amazing to me. He says to God, you are a gracious and compassionate God, and I can't stand it. You're slow to anger and abounding in love. I don't even want to live anymore. What in the world is going on? That's crazy talk. Jonah himself is standing there alive that very moment only because God is a God of graciousness and compassion. He's standing alive there that very moment because God is a God who relents from sending calamity. But Jonah's been blinded by his rotten attitude toward the Ninevites, his sinful attitude toward the lost. Jonah despised those people all their violence and all their wickedness. Jonah despised those people. Sick and tired of all their nonsense. Jonah despised those people. He can't wait to see them getting what they deserve. In fact, he, he was still holding out hope. Maybe that maybe, just maybe, God would change his mind and blast them anyway. Because after he prays this, the Bible says, Jonah went out and sat down at a place east of the city. There he made himself a shelter, sat in its shade, and waited to see what would happen to the city. Jonah set up his own personal judgment seat, watching and waiting and hoping to see the 
city destroyed. The Ninevites repented in the hope that God might be gracious and change his mind. Jonah sat down overlooking the city, hoping that God might be vengeful and change his mind. What an embarrassment to the people of God. And i got to tell you this morning, I see a lot of the Jonah attitude running around in the church these days. Christians absolutely correctly identifying the sins of other people and then oh so incorrectly despising those people for those sins. Posting and tweeting hateful comments, saying mean and ugly things to their friends, often about people they don't even know. I see it particularly true in the arena of politics. I can't stand that Nancy Pelosi. I can't stand that Donald Trump. If that's you, you need to check your heart. Jonah was absolutely right in his assessment of the wickedness of Nineveh. Their brutality and cruelty were world famous. But God is a gracious and compassionate God. Slow to anger, abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Jonah was 100% right in his assessment of the wicked behavior of the Ninevites. And Jonah was 100% wrong in his attitude toward the Ninevites. God is calling for a reset in the way his children view the lost. Never, 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 ever excusing or justifying or agreeing with their sin. But always, always, always hoping and praying and working for their salvation. As Christians, we may never excuse or justify sin, including the sin in our own hearts. Nineveh was a wicked city filled with violent and wicked people, and God wanted to save them. Their deeds cried out for judgment. It was a judgment they sorely deserved. And let's be clear, it was a judgment God was primed and ready to rain down on them. Listen, our God is a holy and a righteous judge. Our God is a consuming fire. It is indeed a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. When God decides it's time to judge, you better buckle your seatbelt. And you can rest assured of this, when God decides it's time to judge, His judgment will be just. God is not afraid to judge because He knows His judgment is always right, but in His great compassion. He wanted even wicked Nineveh to have an opportunity to repent and receive His mercy. God wanted to save the city while Jonah wanted to see it burn. And I wonder what's your attitude this morning toward the violence and the wickedness you see in the world, toward the violence and the wickedness you see in Portland, Oregon, or Chicago, Illinois, or Washington, D.C. You want to see those people get what's coming to them? Or you want to see them repent and be saved? What's your first response when you watch the news? What's your first response when you open your computer? I want to tell you one more thing. I believe with all my heart. The main reason Jonah so despised the Ninevites was not because they worshipped false gods, but because they were a threat to himself, to 
his own comfort and his own security. They were a threat to his nation and to the good life he'd come to know there. In other words, Jonah's bad attitude toward the Ninevites was more about him than it was about them. It was more about politics than it was about righteousness. And once again, i got to say, I see the same thing at work in the church today. I look around and I often see Christians super angry and sinfully hostile, talking about other people, politicians, whatever, people they are afraid are about to sweep this nation and destroy this nation they love, and with it the good life they've come to enjoy here. And I would say this might be a good place to check your motives. Now I want to be very clear and I want you to listen to what I'm saying because it matters and if you don't hear this, the rest of it won't make sense the rest of the time. I am 100% deeply concerned about a lot of the stuff I hear flying around, many of the ideas and policy proposals I hear people talking around today. There is, There are, in my opinion, without a doubt, powerful people and powerful forces trying to reshape America into something wildly different from the free, moral, biblically-based nation our founders envisioned. I believe with all my heart that religious freedom is in real peril serious danger, and I believe with all my heart that genuine government-sponsored persecution of Bible-believing people could be one election cycle away. I believe that with all my heart. But Christians still do not get to despise the people who work against us. We have been commanded by the Lord we claim to follow to love our enemies and to pray for those who persecute us to feed them when they're hungry, to give them water when they're thirsty, to do good to those who hate us and bless those who curse us. Do not imagine you are honoring God by despising and slandering and railing on the people who are not doing you good. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Never be surprised. When lost people act like lost people, it's all they know to do. Sin does a number on people. It tricks them, it lies to them, and it messes them up. And they desperately need somebody to love them enough to step in and offer them a way out. If you are a follower of Jesus, you serve a God who is a gracious and compassionate God slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Jonah, it turns out, was selfish, bitter, and judgmental. And the book of Jonah was written to point out how very unlike God that is. Listen, a day of judgment is coming. And when it comes, it will be awful. If you're listening to me right now, if you're here in this room, if you're watching this over our YouTube channel and you are not serving the Lord Jesus, you're not living for the Lord Jesus, your life and your lifestyle are unrighteous, you're doing things you know are wrong, you need to repent. The day of judgment is coming. But if you're here in this room or watching this over our YouTube channel and you are walking with Jesus and you are trying to follow the Lord, you need to understand that in the meantime, It is your job to do your level best to bring people to Jesus and the grace and mercy of God in Jesus Christ. To love the lost and fear for them. To pray 
and to labor to see them repent. To labor to see them receive the grace of God in Jesus. To labor to see them receive the same grace that you received from Jesus. That you did not deserve any more than they did. God is calling for a reset in how his people view the lost so he can turn us loose on the gates of hell to plunder hell, to populate hell, to rescue the perishing and bring as many wicked out of wickedness as can't be brought out in the time we have. Let's pray. Father, as always, we thank you for the power and the clarity of your word. Lord, Lord, you are a God of grace and compassion, and we are the beneficiaries of that. Jonah was a beneficiary of it, and he he forgot it so quickly. Although we're beneficiaries of it, and the truth is we often forget it quickly as well. Forgive us and reset us to live and to love and to lay down our lives, following the example of Jesus, to make a difference in this world, in the time we have here. Help us, O Lord, we pray, in Jesus' name, amen.